Hallelujah. And Jesus is real good. It's so good to be in Anaheim. God bless you. Brother Price, Brother Brokaw, uh, the youth board, district board, everybody. It's been so nice. You've been so kind to us since we've been here. And did you know, this youth convention, I almost got a proposal for marriage. No, I didn't say I proposed to anybody. I said I almost got a proposal. I shouldn't tell this, I don't guess. First night, <laughs> reckon I should? It's too late now, isn't it? I'll have to tell it to keep my name clean now. <laughs> First night of youth convention, young lady, uh, I was walking back down the aisle, and she stopped me and said, Brother Spears, I enjoyed your message, enjoyed the service, so forth and so on. And so I turned to walk away, and she said, Just a minute, please. When I turned around, I had that peculiar feeling. She said, uh, may I ask you a personal question? I thought, oh, God. She said, are you married? I said, oh, yes. I have two darling little girls, one of them, and many of you don't believe it. I'm having a hard time convincing brother and sister Grandquist. But I have a little girl who will be 13 years of age in just a few weeks. And then we have a little girl that's six years of age. And I said, oh, yes. She looked at me inside and said, pray for me. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And may God richly bless her. Hallelujah. Amen. But I am happily married to a great, great girl. Amen. Glory. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Would you stand and let me read to you the word of the Lord tonight? Glory. Please no one leave, and I'm going to condense this sermon down from a two-hour sermon. And you think I'm kidding, but I have preached it about two hours before. This is hard as I preached last night, and I'm going to try to condense it down to an hour or less. I really doubt I'll do it, but I'm going to try anyway. I want to read tonight from the Gospel according to John, the third chapter. John, the third chapter, and beginning at the 28th verse. This is one sermon when I'm going to cover every aspect of living for God, from Holy Ghost to water baptism to holiness to the rapture, the whole work. Stay with me. You'll find the part you'll like after a while. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said that I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly, because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Brother Price, would you come and pray God's blessing, please? Our Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Ghost to quicken it to our hearts and to our souls, our minds. Take your word tonight and breathe deep into our spirits, light that we've never seen, hearts to be touched. The souls of men to be moved to obey your voice and speak the words of peace to them. Bless and anoint our speaker. Declare your word under your anointing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. <clears throat> I feel it is very essential tonight for you to hear the word of the Lord. And sometimes the only way we can hear the word of God is to just sit down and listen to it. Now, the first five or ten minutes of my message tonight is very important. Please just sit still where you are. I want you to hear this. Somebody next to you may plan on staying for the whole sermon, so let them hear this part where they can enjoy the rest of the sermon. I've read to you tonight the, the recorded uh, words of John the Baptist. He is talking about Jesus Christ. When he said, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. How many of you know who the bridegroom is? How many of you know who the bride is? How many of you know who the friend of the bridegroom is? 
Amen. I want to preach to you tonight on the bride and the bridegroom and the friend of the bridegroom. Now, the thing that I want you to hear is that the, the countries of the Far East and of the Middle East have many, many different marriage and religious um, marriage ceremonies that's far different than what we have here in America. Nowadays, if a boy and girl wants to get married, uh, they simply meet at the Dairy Queen one night. She buys him a Coke and proposes the next night. Buys the marriage license and they get married the next night and file for divorce the following week. That's, that's comical, but that's almost the way it is. But there are many, many of these marriage customs of the Far and Middle East. But I want to bring to you one tonight that uh, is kind of put together. It was that when a young man decided to get married, he did not go looking for a bride himself. He figured he was old enough to get married, figured he had enough money to get married, but he had to find a girl to marry. He did not go out looking for her, but in this particular case I'm talking about, he called unto him a friend, and he charged him, I want you to find me a bride. He described what kind of bride he wanted. If he wanted her four foot two, 175 pounds, or six foot six, 89 pounds, that was his business. It was the prerogative of the man who was going to be the future bridegroom to choose what kind of bride he wanted. When he called unto him his best friend, and gave him the charge to find him a bride, it was not the discretion of the friend to choose as to how she ought to be, but he had the charge to carry out the desire of the future bridegroom to be. The bridegroom said, I want you to find her. She must meet these qualifications. It made no difference how long it took him to find her, his duty was find a girl that meets these qualifications. If he had to travel to a far country, if it took him one month, three months, or three years, it made no difference. The important thing was she must be the kind of girl that the bridegroom would desire. And so the man starts looking for a future bride. He meets many girls. Some he accepts. Some he rejects that they would not be appropriate to be the bride. Finally, he finds a girl that meets the qualification. And he talks to her about becoming the future bride of this man. It is at this time that she is introduced to this man. She is brought to him, and they are introduced one to another. After the introduction, there came the long, long period of courtship. It was during this time that the future bridegroom-to-be would have to win the love of the future bride-to-be. This was a long, long courtship period, sometime lasting for many, many months. When he had won her love, then they came and decided to announce to the world that this man and this woman is going to marry. It was the feast of the marriage, but they were not married then. They only announced to everybody they was going to get married. She was willing to become his bride. He was willing to become her bridegroom. It was still in this time when the marriage uh, feast was going on that the future bride-to-be gave the future, or rather the bridegroom-to-be, gave the bride-to-be many, many gifts. Not like we do it now, but the bridegroom gave the bride gifts. There was a reason for it. He was going to leave her in a period of time. 
she would have to prove that she loved him and nobody else but him. But during this time, she would not see the one she was going to marry. But the thing that would remind her would be every now and then she would take out the gifts that he had given to her and he would tell her, He does love me, for he has given me gifts that signifies his love unto me. It was also during this time that they came together and they signed what we would call a marriage contract. He declares unto her, This is what I will do for you. And she signs what she will do for him. When all of this ceremony is over, then it becomes the duty of the friend of the bridegroom. And he is given the marriage contract that is signed by both the bride and the bridegroom-to-be. It is given to that man who originally found her with the responsibility. She, for a period of a year to two years, must prove her virginity and her faithfulness. She must prove that she can live in the world and not follow any other man, but she can wait faithfully for the man that she is engaged to marry someday. But at this time, she lived in one tent, and the bridegroom's friend lived in the other tent. He held the marriage contract. At any time that this woman left the tent, and proved to be unfaithful, the marriage contract was torn apart, thrown aside. She could not be the bride. And the search started all over again. And I'm sure there's many times when that girl desired to leave that tent and go have a good time. But what kept her in that tent was that friend of the bridegroom that was standing there and raving a marriage contract and saying, but you have signed your faithfulness unto a man, and if you will be faithful, he will come back and marry you someday. It's in this time that she becomes lonely. She becomes discouraged. She becomes upset. But then, Brother Bishop, she goes to the hope chest, and there she opens it up, and there within the hope chest are the gifts that he has given her, which signify, I love you, and I will come back and take you to be my bride someday. Hallelujah. All right, I'm ready to preach now. You heard the story. Glory. I've taken 15 minutes, but hurry, I'm going to preach fast tonight. There came the time in the history of the world when God desired to have a bride. From the very beginning of time, it was the heartbeat of God to have a bride that would be His. He did not want a common, ordinary girl, but He wanted one that could love Him and would love no one else but Him. So He called unto Himself men, and He charged them, Find me a bride. Men came as the friend of the bridegroom looking for a group of people that could be the bride of the greatest bridegroom of all the ages. Men like Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha came saying, Who is she that will declare herself and meet the qualification of Almighty God? And the friend of the bridegroom came and he held in his hand, This is what God would want. And this is what God would desire. He held in His hands the commandment and the law. This was the qualification if she was to be in the bride. But every time it seemed that a prophet would arise and find the people that could be in the bride, that she would go and find her another lover and would go. And the search started all over again. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. I'm convinced to believe that he wept because he wanted to find a girl that would be the bride. But every time he found Israel and would call her unto God, she would go and commit whoredom on the hills of Israel. Prophet after prophet arises. And then 400 long silent years falls upon the earth. Nobody hears from God. Not a priest. 
not a prophet, not anyone. I preached a little bit about it last night. Zechariah and Elizabeth, there is born unto them a bouncing baby boy that is called John the Baptist. The Bible declares not a greater prophet ever lived in all the world than John the Baptist. For when he began to preach, he found a people that was ready, that was desirous, that loved to be the bride of a man they had not even seen. And they poured out of the city and they came from the hillside and they came from the countryside and they came from the seashore just to hear John the Baptist say, there's a man coming after me who's mighty and I his shoes I'm not worthy to bear he is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, hallelujah and they waited and longed until the day that he would be made known but John the Baptist began to find a girl. He found a multitude. I do not mean a single girl. I'm talking about he found a people. He found a bunch of people that was willing to be and follow him for a man they had not seen. But from the cry on an altar 4,000 years before, Isaac had said, Father, where is the sacrifice? John the Baptist was standing in the river baptizing one day. And as he baptized his converts, he looked down the road. He answered the cry of Isaac when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of all the world. Here it is. The bride is about to meet the bridegroom for the first time. The Bible said there was not a greater prophet ever arose than John the Baptist. For he introduced the bride and the bridegroom together. And he said, here he is. And he said, here she is. And from that day, she began to love him. And she left John the Baptist. And she began to follow this man. Something in her heart, Brother Wilson says, this is the one I'm looking for. This is he who is the lover of my soul. And she began to love him. Glory. John the Baptist lost his crowd. Jesus started his earthly ministry. Are you still with me tonight? Glory. And as he started his earthly ministry, the crowds flocked to Jesus. And they left John the Baptist. He said, I'm going to, or rather, he's going to increase. I'm going to decrease. He's going to be the greatest one. Hallelujah. He's going to be the mighty one. He's going to be the most glorious one. Jesus walked down the streets of Jerusalem. He walked by a lame man and he touched him and said, Arise and walk. And the lame man got up and walked. He passed a blind man and he touched his eyes and he said that you may see and he could see. He passed by a deaf man and he healed him. Somebody said he did this to prove his divinity. But I do not believe that God would lower himself into the fact of trying to prove he was God. But he had found a prayer that he loved and he was winning her love unto him. And the only way that she could love him was the fact he would have to win her love. He fed them by the multitudes on the hillside. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He, he did all kind of miracles for one reason. He did not want her to love him only because he was the king of glory. But he wanted her to love him because he had won her love unto himself and she would love him out of the deep of her heart. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to tell you something tonight. Even as he begins to woo her and to lure her, and she begins to fall in love with him, she does not really realize who he is. She only knows, I'm falling in love with somebody. I don't understand about him. He's mysterious. He's strange. He sleeps out under the stars. And yet he talks as though he owns the world. What is it about him? And the Sanhedrin said, you're a fool to follow him. But she said, something in here. Something in here. Something in here. Something in here. I love him. And he loves me. 
And she would look at the Sanhedrin. And she would look at the law. She would look at the priest. And they would say, you're crazy to follow him. But he, he would say, she would say, but oh, your law has left me on the side of the road. Your law has given me no hope. But he has given me hope. He has given me love. He has given me power. And he has given me glory. I want you to know this one I'm talking about tonight who is the king of glory came to this world to meet brother a bride that would be his that would order and prescribe to every law and every idea of his mind and his thinking and his theory and God is going to have a bride that's going to be his that's going to wear his name that's going to be like he wants her to be glory Amen. I hope you're listening to me tonight. I'm preaching hard enough. Amen. Glory. But there came a time as he walked her streets down through Jerusalem. She fell in love with him. She got so in love with him until she followed him for days into the desert. Until she was so weak, she couldn't even make it back to the city. And the master would have to feed 5,000 on the hillside. He wasn't doing it just to prove he was God. But he was doing it to win her love unto him. He was saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. Somebody said, He has healed me because He is God. He may have done that. He was able to heal you because He is God. But the reason that He healed you, He wanted you to know, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I want you to be mine. And I want to be yours. I want you to be my bride. And I want to be your bridegroom. Go away. Amen. Let me leave him in Jerusalem. Let me leave her in Jerusalem for a few moments of time. I used to think there was one book in the Bible that didn't belong in the Bible. I really did. I used to think it was a book that somebody got mixed up and put the wrong book in the Bible. You know the book I'm talking about. The Songs of Solomon. Amen. It was the strangest reading book I'd ever read in my life. But I got to looking and studying it close enough. There is one of the most beautiful parallel stories of all the ages. Solomon, because he was the king of Israel, could have married any girl that he wanted to marry. She could not refuse the king. And Solomon, because he was the king, had many girls that only married him because he was the king. But there came the day when Solomon said, I believe I'm going to leave the throne long enough and I'm going to go to the hillsides of Judea and Israel and I'm going to find me a girl that loves me. She's not going to know who I am. I'm going to disguise myself. He pulled off the crown and laid it back. Brother Price, he pulled off the royal robe and hung it back in the closet. And they said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'll wear it again someday. But I'm going to the hillside. I'm going out there. And I'm going to find me a girl. Hallelujah. She's going to love me. Not because I have power. Not because I have riches. But out of her heart, she's going to love me. And the story goes that Solomon... Now, as Brother Lane said, I'm going to read between the lines for a while. Amen. He pulled off the robe. He pulled off the crown. He got him an old shepherd's garment. He got him an old staff. And he got him a bunch of old sheep. And he started walking the hills of Israel. Hallelujah. They didn't know this was Solomon, the greatest king that ever walked this earth outside of the king of kings. Here he was walking. What are you doing, Solomon? I'm looking for somebody that will love me, not because I am the king, but they will love me out of the deep of their heart because they want somebody that will love them. They want somebody they can give themselves unto. I almost see one day Solomon passes a little vineyard, and on the side of that vineyard, there's a little girl in there 
picking grapes. And Solomon's heart said, Yeah. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he passes by there with his bunch of old sheep and old swayback mule. And the next day comes riding right back by the same place. And she thinks he might be coming back by there, so she's standing back out in the same spot picking grapes. And uh, he comes back by. And then in a day or two later, he comes back by. And he says, how are you? And she blushingly says, you know, hi. <laughs> a few days later, he comes back by and said, uh, could I talk to you a little bit? And, and Mama is standing in there looking out the kitchen window. And Mama says, what is my daughter doing talking to a dirty, scummy old shepherd? And so Mama was against the courtship from the day it started. And she would come in the house after they had set out in the swing in the beautiful summertime. Amen. I'm not making out like you were heard. Don't I? <laughs> but they'd set out in the swing and, you know, talk. The breeze would blow. The flowers were in bloom. The evening time, the crickets would sing. If they sing, I don't know whether they do or not. Birds would sing. Some of you act like I'm preaching bad things. No wonder some of you are married so sour. You must have never caught in your life. My Lord. Set out. But anyway, they were happy. And Mama would sit in and say, I wish you wouldn't love him. I wish you would leave him alone. I've got big plans for you. I want you to marry the banker's son. I want you to marry the mayor's son. I want you to marry into society. And she says, Mama, but there's something about him that I love. There's something about him. But honey, you don't understand. You'll never have a future. You'll be a shepherd's wife the rest of the days of all your years. You'll live in the backside of a cave. You'll ride a sway back mule. But what she didn't know is she was falling in love with the king of Israel, the richest empire in all the world. Hallelujah. And Mama would say, but honey, I wish you wouldn't talk to him anymore. You're upsetting your dad and I and, oh, your, your, your fiancé that we wanted you to marry came by today. And he said that he had so much money in the bank and his savings account was real good. How much does the shepherd have? Mama, as far as I know, he don't have any money. All he's got is 30 old sheep and a swayback mule, but I love him. Something in here tells me I love him. I'm going to marry him, Mama. He asked me to marry him today. I see Mama has a nervous breakdown. I have to call in the psychiatrist and give her some tranquilizers. My daughter is going to marry this scum. I can't stand him. I can't, I can't. Oh, get him out of my sight. But, friend, I want you to know, let me leave Solomon right there for a moment. When he, who we call Jesus Christ, walked the shores of Galilee, they began to fall in love with him, and yet they did not know him. Because that one day, Brother Brokaw, in the regions beyond, he who was almighty pulled off the crown and laid it on the shaft. He pulled off the royal robe of deity and hung it back in the closet. And he said, I'm a going and I'm going to win the love of a bride. She's going to be mine. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Because he was God. Israel... Because he was God, she'd say, well, yeah, I love you, but I love you because you're God. I love you because you have a law, and that's the reason I love you. 
And God said, but I'm going to find somebody that loves me. And he walked the shores of Galilee. He walked the streets of Jerusalem. And day by day, she began to fall in love with him. She said, I don't know who he is. I don't know where he's from. Somebody said, he's Elias. Somebody said, no, he's Jeremiah. Somebody said, he's one of the prophets. But she said, I don't know who he is. But I have fallen in love with him. I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. And, and, and mama and daddy... Her spiritual, you know, her spiritual leaders, her mom and daddy said, Honey, you're so silly. We're going to wait. We had plans for you to marry the, the real king. We had plans for you to marry a princess. He was going to come someday. Shiloh's going to come, honey. Just wait a while. You're going to marry this old man from Nazareth. You're going to marry the shepherd from the hillside and the shepherd from down by the seashore. But she says, Mama, there's something about he may not have a throne. He may not have a dominion. But there's something about him that I love him and he loves me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, Solomon wins the love of this girl. And he tells her, said, all right, I must go away for a few days. I've got to make some wedding arrangements. And so she goes back in the house and tells Mama. And I hear Mama say, yeah. I know what he had to do. He had to go down to the pawn shop. He pawned that old swayback mule. Honey, you won't even have a mule uh, for y'all to even ride away on your honeymoon. She said, I don't care, but I love him anyway. I love him anyway. Something in here. Mama, but, but think about it. He loves me. He loves me. You want me to marry somebody that has everything, but they don't love me. When Jesus Christ came as the mighty God of glory, He wasn't a second hand. He wasn't an outcast. But the world knew Him not. The Bible said He was in the world, and yet the world knew Him not. He was the sky in flesh, wrapped in the veil of humanity. But He was the King of all the kings of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My time's half gone already. Hurry. Amen. Please get it. I'm going too fast. I'm not doing this message justice. And I know it. Because I've preached it about 17 times. I know I'm not doing it justice. I know you probably won't enjoy it anymore. But then there came the... Oh, thank you. Amen. The girl said, oh, yes, we will. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then she fell in love with him and us. And he fell in love with her enough. There came the day when they decided, we will get married. There came the time for them announced to the whole world, these two are going to get married. Hallelujah. Remember, my friend, they were not married at the marriage ceremony. But it was at that time that the friend of the bridegroom gave the bride-to-be many, many gifts. And then they signed the marriage contract. And then he left and went away. And she had to wait and prove her faithfulness. There came the time when the bride that was to be said, All right, I will wait for him. I'll be glad to sign the marriage contract. And then they came together and announced to the entire world, This woman is going to take my name. Hallelujah. Somebody said, when did they do that, preacher? Hold on. I'll tell you when they did it. And the Bible says, now, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house wherein they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like of the fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. God said, here she is, here she is, here is my bride, here is my bride. He poured His Spirit out upon her. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Shout it, amen, praise God. Glory. Somebody said, hey, preacher, can anybody else get in that bride? About that time, the spokesman for them stood up and said, If any of you want to get in the bride, they said, How can we do it? He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. It was at that time when the bride and the bridegroom signed the marriage contract, and he told the world, this is my bride. Brother Tenney told us just here recently in India, in one of the outpost providences, way out, away from everything, one of our congregations has been undergoing severe persecution. They have whipped them and done everything they could do. One night, the church was in the building worshiping God. In a little while, they heard a big commotion on the outside. They thought, well, they've come after us this time. They looked out the window and the door. There stood the villagers all around the little old church. The chief of the village stood there. They just kept praising God on the inside. Nobody came any closer. Finally, some of the men of the church went out and said, Well, what do you want? And they were standing out there shaking. The chief was shaking. He said, I don't know. But he said, A little while ago, a hurricane or a cyclone passed down through our village. Said it didn't tear up anything, but we heard the big wind of it. It scared us so. We got out of the bed. We come to where the wind was a blowing and said, We stood around your church and we watched fire fall out of the sky on your building. Hallelujah. God was a telling India, I found me a bride in India. Hallelujah! 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 Oh, glory! Amen! I'm sorry you're not enjoying this, honey, but I'm having a time of preaching it tonight. Praise God! Glory! Amen! The celebration lasted for many, many days. Many, many days. Let me have your Bible, brother. Amen. It lasted for many, many days. It was at this time that the bridegroom gave the bride many, many gifts because he was going to be gone for many, many days. And she would have to stay there and be faithful. She would not see him. Only thing she would have was the gift that he was going to give her at the marriage ceremony or the, or the, or the marriage celebration. It was at this time that the Bible said he gave unto her the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He gave unto to her the gift of water baptism in the name of Jesus. He gave unto her. Hallelujah. Amen. It was at that time and the Bible declares Hallelujah. He did leave us some gifts. He did leave us some gifts. He did leave us some gifts. Hallelujah. And the Apostle Paul said, let me tell you, he has given us the gift of wisdom and of knowledge and of miracles and of faith and of prophecy and talking in tongues and the designing of the Spirit. He has given us these gifts that we may wait until he does return. Hallelujah. This is a sign. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. Hallelujah. Glory! Glory! Hallelujah! Have you ever gone to church sad, discouraged, down in the dumps a little bit? And about the time the pastor steps to the pulpit and he said, Saints of the Most High God, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. And he says, I was a-praying and the Holy Ghost spoke these words unto me. I'll tell you what it does to you. It lifts you up. Why? It, you're fixing to hear a love letter from the bridegroom of your life. Hallelujah. He's fixing to say, I love you. 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 Hallelujah. How can I be in the bride, Brother Spears? How can I be in the bride? You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized in His name. Somebody said, why do I have to be baptized in the name of Jesus? 
Let me tell you, honey, for one reason, we're not going to marry three. We're going to marry one. And his name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Somebody said, Preacher, you just got this crowd all worked up. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, no, I don't. They're in love with somebody. They're in love with somebody. His name shall prevail. Hallelujah. Glory. Preacher, why are some of these people standing up shouting? I'll tell you why. The same way that he passed through Jerusalem one day, healing the sick, raising the dead, he passed through this world and he found some of us in the beer joint, taking trips on drugs, living in sin. But he said, come on, come on, I'll take you, I'll redeem you, I'll save you. Hallelujah! And we said, I'll follow him! for me. Brother Lane, he didn't have to come looking for me. But one day he said, I'm going to go find him. I'm going to go find me a bride. Hallelujah. Somebody said, oh, I know all about Jesus. But Brother Buxton, the thing we don't realize tonight, as they didn't realize in Jerusalem who he really was, you may think we do tonight, but we're really, there's still a glass. We don't understand all about it. All I know is he came from glory and his name is Jesus. And that's about all I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Glory. And the celebration is still going on in 1975. You can still get in the bride tonight. You can still get in the bride tonight. You can be baptized and receive His Spirit right here, 1975, in Anaheim, California. Hallelujah. 
Glory. Hallelujah. Now, I'm sorry. This sermon is a sermon. Once you ever start it, you don't stop it till you go all the way through it. And I don't intend to stop it until I go all the way through it tonight. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the lover of my life, Brother Price. I'm talking about that one that can set the captive free. Glory. And it's still going on. Go and sit down. We're not dismissing. Hallelujah. Amen. I wish I could sing right now. I'd sing, I'm so glad that I've been buried in the name of the Lord. That's what I'd sing. That's what I'd sing. Because there's something about His name. Hallelujah. It didn't sound good in Jerusalem to the scribes and the Pharisees, but to that little girl that had been made fun of and made light of, who religion had been disappointment. It sounded like music in her ear for them to say, His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Tell me His name again. Say it again. Say it again. His name is Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Now, for all you people that didn't like the shouting part, hold on. Because now we get to the part that nobody likes to shout over. That's what's in the marriage contract. That's what's in the marriage contract. Glory. Somebody said, I just don't understand why those preachers make y'all live the way you live. Honey, you forget we have signed a marriage contract. He has written some things down. And he said, these I will do if you'll hold up your part of the bargain. And he spends an entire book saying, this is what I will do for you. And all he asks us to do is, don't love anybody else but me. Don't love anybody else but me. Be faithful to me. Amen. Set in that tent by the side of the road and don't go after any other God. I said, I'll do that. I said, I'll do that. I said, I'll do that. Because I fell in love with him. Because I fell in love with him. That's the reason he came. He won our love. And then when he said, this is what I desire of you, you say, okay, that's fine with me. Hallelujah. And then when they signed the marriage contract, they gave it to the friend of the bridegroom. And he charged the friend of the bridegroom, I charge you. I charge you. Keep her clean. Don't let her go after any other lover. Make sure she upholds the marriage contract. I charge you. The apostle Paul said, For we are espoused unto one husband. We're not a marry three. We're going to marry one. And his name is Jesus. Glory. But Paul said, For I've espoused you unto one husband, that you may present yourself a chaste virgin unto Christ. When, when the bridegroom-to-be had to go back to his house, this girl had to live in a tent by the side of the road somewhere, and in a tent next to her, lived the friend of the bridegroom. It was during this period of a year or two years, she had to purify herself. She had to be ready at a moment's notice that he may come back and she would officially become his bride completely. She had the gifts, but they only reminded her that the giver's coming after a while. 
Brother Davis, the giver's coming after why? Oh, hallelujah. Glory. I see that I've been preaching almost an hour already. And I'm just going to skip over the next part very lightly. But we are charged by Almighty God. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love, the love, the love of the Father cannot dwell in him. Glory. Ryder said, I charge you to be a peculiar people without spot, without blemish, without sin in your life, holy, pure, undefiled. We dress different. We act different. We talk different. We think different. Why? Not just to be so odd, but we have signed a marriage contract unto Jesus Christ, the lover of all the ages. I imagine there have been times that that girl thought, hmm, I wish these chairs come apart, do they? Let me have the chair you're in, Brother Wilson. Thank you. I imagine there's a time that that old girl was sitting in that tent by the side of the road, and uh, she got to wondering, you know, I've been in this tent a long time. Been in here. 25 years. Amen. I won't tell you what Brother Brokaw said, but it had to do with what I told you at the beginning of my message. But anyway, she's been there waiting faithfully, and she decides, hey, I believe I'll step out and just have one night on the town. And she watches all the other girls of the world come by and say, Hey, come on. He'll never know it. Come on. Slip out of the tent for just a little while. Come on. How come y'all not running out of the shop like you did a while ago? Come on. And she decides, Maybe I will. Maybe I will just, just one night. Just one time. But she gets ready. Step outside of that tent. And about the time when she looks outside of the tent, there's that old other man standing on the other side. Waving that marriage contract. There have been times that some of you have come to the house of God with an intention in your heart. The way is becoming too hard. I've been living so long for Him and He has not come to take me as His bride yet. And I've lived faithfully. I've waited faithful and true. And yet He has not come. I believe I'll just step out of the church for a little while. And you step to the pulpit or into the church that night and that preacher stepped to that pulpit. Hallelujah. He opened that Word of God and He began to preach things that cut your heart. It sounded like it was hard, but nobody made you sign it. We didn't twist your arm and make you sign it. You signed it because you was in love with the man that you wanted to be your bridegroom. Hallelujah. You said, I'll do anything. I'll be baptized in His name. I'll live holy. Hallelujah. I'll give up drinking. I'll give up smoking. I'll give up ball games. I'll give up television. I'll give up the world. I'll give up everything. Just let me sign it. Let me sign it. Let me sign it. I want to be in the bride. We didn't make you sign it. You signed it because you was in love. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you can preach in between all this all you want to when you get home. I'm just hitting it in the high places. Waiting in that tent by the side of the road. Glory to God. And then it becomes weary and discouraged. And something comes along and says, Hmm. I believe it's about time to open that old hope chest. Hallelujah. Glory. About time to open that hope chest. Somebody said, Brother Spears, 
I'd really love to know how to pray. What do I say when I get down to pray? I don't know. Pray the way you want to. But I find out I spend more time making love to Jesus on my knees than I do asking Him for anything. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Every discouragement rolls away. Every desire to get out of the tent rolls away. When I begin to make love to Jesus Christ, Jesus, I love you. And about that time, open the hope chest. Hallelujah. And I feel that spirit beginning to rush all over my soul. I begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance. Paul said, sometime I sing, but sometime I sing in the spirit. Sometime I pray, but sometime I pray in the spirit. Sometime I talk in my native language, but he said, sometimes I talk in a language that nobody understands. I don't understand. He said, I speak in an unknown tongue that's known only unto God. Hallelujah. He has given us some gifts and they're still in the church today. Hallelujah. Glory. The gifts of the Spirit have been made fun of. They've been made light of. Some fellows have made shipwreck of them. But I don't care what they have done. They are still in the church. They were given by the bridegroom to be. And they'll stay in the church until Jesus Christ comes and takes His bride up out of this world. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Let me hurry and close now. She's standing at that garden gate one day. Hallelujah. He's been gone for a long time. Mama says, ha-ha, he's not coming back after you. Ha-ha. Honey, the banker's son said he'd wait just about, just a few more days for you. And he's fixing to marry somebody else. And there she's still waiting in that garden. said, but I know he'll come back. All your friends are sure going to laugh at you when you climb up on that old sway back mule with your going away dress on. They're sure going to make fun of you when you and him get on that old mule or camel and then those sturdy little sheep come running along behind you. Honey, if you'd marry the banker's son, and I'm just using that as illustration. Any banker people in here, I'm not using that against you. I'm just using it as illustration. You see what I'm talking about. I understand. I really hope you do. Anyway, <laughs> if you don't, it's too late to try to convince you now. But anyway, she said, but can't you just imagine everybody's going to make fun of you? But if you'd have married the banker's son, man, you could have, you could have ridden away in a big carriage and everything. But she's standing out in the garden one day. Where he found her to begin with. But what she does not know, when he comes back this time, he won't be riding a sway back mule nor having a bunch of sheep. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And about that time, she looks up and says, Hey, Mama, come here. Look on the hills over here. Look at the dust arising. Must be an army coming. Look at it, Mama. I said, I wonder who's that coming to dinner. They're not coming to see you, Mama. Ha, I said, they're not coming to see you, Mama. Ha, ha. Oh, glory. And about that time, the most beautiful chariot that Israel has ever seen with about 20 prince and white horses with bells upon their collar pulls up in front of that garden gate and stops and the door opens and out steps the man. But he's not wearing a shepherd's garment. He's got a crown on. He's got a robe on. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory! Hallelujah! Amen! Amen! I want you to know, glory, that Mama's standing there and runs up ahead and said, 
whoever you are, come on in. And the servant says, lady, would you get out of the way? Get out of the way. Who have he come to see? And then she said, it's King Solomon. And the little girl is standing over there. And she's trembling. And suddenly something in her heart says, could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? And her hearts are going 100 miles an hour. And he looks over at her according to the Bible. And he says, my beloved. My beloved. My beloved. Come on and come away with me. You're mine. I'm your king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they've been making fun of us for years too. I said they've been making fun of us for years too. They've passed our holiness. They've passed our holiness and said, You're stupid. They've passed our lady folks and said, eh. They watched our men work on the job and said, Stupid. Oh, but something on the hillside and on the horizons of this world, I see a cloud arising. I see a cloud arising. He's coming after somebody that said, I'll take your name. I'll take your name. I'll wear your name. I'll be proud of your name. The name of Jesus is the name he's looking for when he comes back again. How many of you want to get in the bride tonight? How many of you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost or be baptized in Jesus' name in this building? You don't have the Holy Ghost yet. Listen to me. Watch here. Here's where it is right here. Amen. Glory. Just, just let her talk in tongues. You seen anybody talk in tongues before? Well, look at her then. Then look back up here. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know there are people in this building that something's telling them, hey, I want in that bride. I want in that bride. How'd I get in it, preacher? If you will repent of your sins, you could receive the Holy Ghost out there, but it might make it a little better on you to come to the front where we can pray with you tonight because the King is about ready to come. Hallelujah. The King is about ready to come. Glory. Amen. I got a love letter from him the other day. I got a love letter from him the other day. Hallelujah. I was down praying, Brother Bishop. I heard tons of interpretation in the service and said, My coming is soon and near. But he's not coming this time. He'll not be born in Bethlehem of Judea. He'll not be the outcast. But when he comes this time, he shall be reigned as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Glory! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, glory! No, no! We will not see the slava of other men upon his face. We'll not see the dried blood on his brow. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He will not be draped in just a towel hanging on a cross this time. But when He comes back, Brother Christ, He shall have the royal robe that He wore in the beginning of the ages. He shall wear it again as the King of all the earth. Out of the glory. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I know I've preached an hour. I've heard it. I don't know whether you've got very much of what I preached about. But wherever you are in this building and you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to get up from where you are and head down these aisles real quick, as fast as you can. Sing it, Brother Keith Lane. And wherever there's a sinner that needs the Holy Ghost, come on real quick. Pray for them, church. They're coming down the aisles already. 
That's it. Come on, sir. Come on, young person. Get ready for the rapture. Get ready for the rapture. Jesus is coming. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not ready for it. I'm sorry. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not ready. Come on. They're coming tonight. My God, look at them streaming down these aisles. Oh, they want to be in the bride. They want to be in the bride. Pray, church. Pray, pray, pray. Come on. Keep coming. The last night of youth convention. It'll soon be history. But get the Holy Ghost the last night. Get the Holy Ghost the last night. That's it, young man. That's it, young lady. If you need the Holy Ghost, find your place of prayer and keep coming tonight. They're still coming. Come on, friend. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Jesus will save you. Jesus loves you enough to redeem you. Come on. Pray, church. Raise your hands and everybody pray. Pray. It's coming. The King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. And now his face I see. Sing it. Oh, the King is coming. The King. It's coming. If there's somebody near you that don't have the Holy Ghost, bring them to the altar. Don't let them leave here without getting in the bride. Don't let them leave here without having a chance to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, find that lost man. Find that lost woman. That's it. They're coming tonight. Husbands and wives are coming. Couples are coming. Young people are coming. Oh, come on. Find them. Don't stand there with your hands folded. Church, pray. Pray. Find somebody that needs God. My Lord, there's all kind of places to pray up here. There are many chairs over here to pray in. There's many over here to pray in. Come on. Find that sinner in the back of the building. And come on to Jesus tonight. Come on to Jesus tonight. Come on to Jesus. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you will come tonight, we will see to it that you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The King is coming. Praise God. He's coming for me. Oh, the King is coming. The King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. The King is coming, the King.